You are listening to the Missio Tempe podcast. We are a church of missional communities, living as a family of missionary servants for the good of our city. For more information about our church, visit missiotempe.com. We hope this teaching encourages and challenges you to faithfully take up your role in the Missio Day. So I asked Nick Barker, who's one of our elders of our church, to close out our Ephesians series. He is going to just spend a few minutes giving us uh, some vision and a command and call from Ephesians chapter 6. As we close out the series and look forward, we'll be jumping to the Gospel of Mark next week. So he's going to lead us for a couple of minutes, and then I'll pray for us, or he can pray for us, and we'll come to the table and we'll feast together as a community. All right. Um, So Charlie asked me to speak right before we're about to eat. And so I'm wondering if this is some type of like passive aggressive way of saying something. Um, But if you have your Bibles, um, would you please join me in opening them or um, clicking on them to Ephesians chapter six? We're going to be in a few verses this evening. Okay, so Ephesians six. Um, verses 10 through 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of the Lord. All right. So a few minutes to talk through this before we eat some food. Um, we, Paul gives one, one final encouragement or charge to the church of Ephesus. And it begins with this in verse 10, to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. So the calling for us is to be strong in the Lord. And then he, he goes on to explain why and then also how. So be strong in the Lord. Why? And the reason for it is this. Um, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers in the dark of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What on earth does that mean? Well, it's kind of weird, if you will. Um, And like spiritual jargon, Um, ask. And um, what what Paul is getting at is this. Um, There is is a a, a devil, um, Satan, who is at work. 
and he schemes. And here, very shortly, here's how the devil chooses to scheme. The devil's scheme is broken down like this. He promises you one thing and delivers the exact opposite. That's it. So the devil promises one thing and delivers the exact opposite. And the way he chooses to do that is through half-truths that seem very enticing, very persuasive, alluring, and they seem like it's the only way, the only reality, the only path to, to happiness, to joy, to life, to the answers that you have. So he promises one thing and delivers the exact opposite, and he does that through half-truths. You see that very on, early on in the first chapters of the Bible, in chapter 3 of Genesis, where um, he deceives Adam and Eve. And um, he promises them life, and they receive death. He promises them freedom, and they get bondage. He promises them liberation, and they get, they get shame and guilt. You guys see that? And he does it with a half-truth. But, but interesting enough, um, what you, we find throughout scripture is Satan seems to take a back seat and isn't necessarily personified over the course of the Bible. And if you actually um, just think a bit, it, it's like Genesis 3, a little bit of Jesus, like Jesus in um, the wilderness, and then in Job, and then I, maybe there's a few others I, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of where you actually have a personification of Satan, but he's very much at play throughout the biblical story and today. And the question is, how? Two big things. One, Satan is at work through idols, false gods. And then the second is through rulers and authorities that are anti the kingdom of God, or it goes against God's goodness, his justice, his righteousness that, that he desires to see manifest within our world. And oftentimes uh, these two things, whether it's false gods um, or idols or rulers and authorities who are anti-God, oftentimes these things merge together. And in Ephesus, um, you find these um, in two main forces. One, the, the goddess of Artemis, the temple was right outside of the city and she was the goddess of fertility and life. And Paul even alludes to this or has a, a play on words in this in Ephesians 2 where he says, um, you were once dead in your trespasses in which you once walked. What they would do in Ephesus is they would walk the path outside of the city to the temple of Artemis looking for life. And what Paul is saying, that path you walked actually is leading to death. So you had the, the Greek goddess of Artemis, uh, and she is a funky looking goddess. Uh, if you want to do a Google image search, wild. Uh, and then the second, the, the rulers and authorities of the time, it was, it was Rome that implemented the Pax Romana or Roman peace. And the interesting thing enough, remember the devil's schemes, promising something, but giving the exact opposite. In Artemis, they were searching for life and Paul said, you actually get death. Within Rome, they implemented or um, had the propaganda of the Pax Romana, which within the empire, there was peace. But interesting enough that peace was implemented through the cross, and through the sword. In other words, if you weren't in line with what we're doing, 
this is your fate. And so I wonder today, I wonder today, maybe you and I are getting um, pressured or are feeling the weight of these false gods around us and the rulers and authorities of our time that Satan is using to manifest half-truths that seem so alluring, so strong, and so powerful. You know, it, it's no, um, it, it's not a secret to us who, um, to those here this evening that are clinging to the faith and clinging to Christ, that we live in a world where many who used to be brothers and sisters in Christ are starting to fall away. And this is not, this isn't the worst time and worst place in human history to follow Christ, but it's pretty difficult. And isn't it getting even more challenging? So what do we do about it? Verse 13, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Here's what it looks like. Stand firm them with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So what do you and I armor ourselves with? And by the way, really quick, it seems like he's using imagery of a Roman centurion with Roman Roman um, tactical gear, if you will. And it's almost a play as if to say like, hey, you see these Roman soldiers over there? You're never going to be able to fight them in the same way that they are imposing the rule and reign of Rome. We aren't going to be able to play that game. But maybe there's something else that we can do. Truth. Buckled around your waist with a breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. You think that word peace there is intentional. In contention with Roman peace, there's actually a peace that comes from Jesus, a true peace, okay? From the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that Jesus is King and Caesar is not. In addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let me just give you a list of those one more time. And maybe, maybe for you and I this evening, maybe, maybe one of these is one that we should cling to. Truth, righteousness, another word for righteousness biblically is justice, the gospel of peace, faith, salvation, spirit, and the word. The food's getting cold. And there's much more to talk about here, perhaps over dinner. Let's pray. 
Father, in a, in a world um, which some choose to control and others view with despair, we declare with joy and trust that our world belongs to God. And, and so as we, as we cling to you, Lord Jesus, I pray that the clinging to you would also um, work itself out as um, holding fast to one another, encouraging one another, um, and, and walking forward in this world in truth, in righteousness, in the gospel, in faith, in salvation, and in the spirit. We love you. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.